Welcome to the Christian Worship Center podcast. We pray that this message encourages you and inspires you. Visit us online at cwcbayarea.com for service times and directions. God bless you this morning. God bless you. Oh, that is too kind. Too kind. Thank you. Wow. Thank you. Thank you so much. Um, Y'all got to stop. You're going to mess a brother up before we get started here. Um, For those of you that are that are first time visitors, thank you so much for being here with us. Remain standing if you would, you know, Uh, appreciate you guys standing up and everything. Uh, For the past couple weeks, you know, about a about three weeks ago, I woke up with a tickle in my throat, and uh, I, just, I just got done doing a men's conference and then doing a funeral for my aunt. Sunday morning, woke up with a little tickle in my throat, and I know that in this, this season of COVID, uh, I usually play hurt. I was one of those guys in the past 30 plus years of ministry, I can count on one hand the times I've missed because of sickness. And so, but with COVID, you, we wanna be much more careful. And so when I felt that tickle, I want to say to Pastor T, to Pastor Catalina, and to our whole pastoral staff, thank you so much. Because Sunday morning, Sunday morning, three weeks ago, I woke up with the tickle. and I said, you know what, guys, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to stay back because I don't want to get it. I feel good, but I just don't want to get anyone sick. And you guys stepped up within an hour. These guys were ready to preach, got up there, brought a powerful word. Pastor Ray uh, last uh, two Sundays ago, Puppet Master last week. And, you know, every time I tested, I tested negative for COVID. And I, I was feeling good. I was like, all right, we're, it's just, this is just a cold then. And uh, finally, after one of the tests we took, all the rapid tests came back negative. But the test that took a week to come back came back positive. But I'm grateful that, uh, number one, that I, we didn't, Pastor Nick and I both ended up testing positive uh, for COVID, but we didn't end up with the respiratory struggles that a lot of other people have gone through and so forth. And for that, I'm grateful. You know, I know people, this is, it's a real thing. A lot of people are going through some very devastating times right now in regards to COVID. But I'm grateful as far as our staff, as far as us, that we didn't, it wasn't something that was uh, that overwhelming for us. And I know that's not everyone else's experience. God bless you guys. Baby's first day in church. Oh my gosh, welcome back. Good to see you. Danny, you and your son. I'm just going to let you know now, I took a picture while you guys were worshiping. It's on Facebook already. And uh, just to watch a father and son worshiping together, touched my heart this morning, man. Touched my heart. Listen, I'm going to have you open your Bibles with me to John chapter 3, verse 16. Very familiar passage of scripture. Now, for those of you that are first-time visitors, those of you at home as well, if you're tuning in for the first time, I apologize. Because today we're talking about giving. And in the years that I've been here at CWC, it's very rare that I speak on giving. I don't, I'm not a preacher that preaches on giving a lot. I think I've, I've done a series on giving maybe two times in the 30 years that we've been here. And, and yet uh, today, we, one of the ways that we get to know God, we've been talking about at CWC Bay Area, love God, love people, 
change the world. Okay, let's say that again. Love God, love people, change the world. And so how do we love God? How do we express our love with God? First of all, I am CWC, love God. We love God by following Jesus. That's how we know that we love God, by our follow. Secondly, we know we love God by our service, by taking the gifts that God gave us and putting those in action for the body of Christ and for the world as well. And then today, number three, we love God by giving, living by giving. Everyone say living by giving. If you have your Bibles, as you got into John chapter 3, verse 13, I want to read in the New King James Version as we start. It says this, for God so loved the world that he, that he love gives. You, you can love with, you can give without loving, but you cannot love without giving. Love, if you love someone, you give. Love is a, as a result of our love for someone, we show that love through the giving. How, how many husbands know what I'm talking about? Anniversary, you better be ready to give something. Well, on Christmas, you better be ready to get birthdays. You better be, better, better be ready to give. But let me read it to you on the, the passion version, okay? For this is how much God loved the world that he gave his one and only unique son as a gift so that everyone who believes in him will not perish but experience everlasting life. Bow your heads as we pray this morning. Father, help in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated this morning. Those of you at home, thank you so much for joining us as we continue this series called I Am CWC. Now, I tell you what, nothing, we talk about loving God, nothing makes us feel better as human beings than when we give. Amen. Okay, let me try this side. As human beings, nothing makes us feel better than when we give. Amen. Right? Now, how many enjoy, we got, we got what, how, how many more days till Christmas, Pastor Cat? I know you know this. Six weeks? You, you had days. You had it down to hours. This lady, she, she started decorating for Christmas in July. But in, as I was growing up, how many know what I'm talking about? As a child, you're looking under the tree to see how many gifts have your name on it. And if you find, if mom and dad aren't around, every so often you pick one up and you shake it. You're moving it back and forth. You're wondering what it was. I remember years ago, I'm giving up my age for some of you guys here, but there was a show on TV called Good Times. And Jimmy J.J. Walker... He went through all the presents that they bought for him, and he returned them. And he bought what he wanted. And so at Christmas, when he opened up the gifts, they weren't what everyone else bought them. They were what he wanted. And he's like, oh, thank you so much. And they were, they were, they were blown away. But as a child, I was excited about Christmas, about what I received. But as a father, something changed. When I became a dad, it no longer became what I received but it became what I gave. What changed? As a child, I loved to receive, but as, an, as a father, I loved to give. What took place? What happened between the child to a man? Something called maturity. 
When you mature, you're no longer in the place that you need to always receive. As you mature, something takes place where something happens inside of you as a father to give to your child, to see their eyes light up. My, my grandson just celebrated his third birthday. We had a birthday party for him yesterday. My wife and my, my daughters did a phenomenal job putting this party together. They had a pony. They had a, someone doing cartoons. They had someone doing balloons. It, it was it, it was just over the top. I mean, this kid, he's going to be wondering what's going to happen for his fourth birthday. But to watch his eyes as he opened his gifts. There, there's something about a child when they receive. And this morning, I want you to understand that there's a difference when as we grow up, the, the ability to mature when it comes to giving. Why? Because God is a giver. In fact, I'm going to share something with you this morning that's going to blow some of you away, all right? Over 7,000 promises in the Word of God are based on the premise of giving. 7,000 promises in the Word of God, and all of them are based on the premises of giving. And so we are wired as human beings to be generous. We are wired. God wired us to be givers. And so, but the problem is this, in churches across America, across the world, there has been so many abuses when it comes to money that when you talk about money in church, it freaks people out. Yet, now take, take a look at this. Jesus spoke about money over three times more than he talked about heaven or hell. In fact, check this out. This is going to blow you away. How many, if you think about all the scriptures in the Bible, how many scriptures do you think in the Bible? Don't, don't put it up. Oh, you guys put it up. You, you guys went too fast. Come on. Stay with me. All right? Good. Thank you. I want you to, how many scriptures do you believe are, are, that are, are in the word that talk about belief? How many, just shoot out a number. 400. Okay. 300. 600. 900. Okay. How many think, how many, how many scriptures do you think are in there about prayer? Has to be a lot about prayer, right? A thousand. How many, anyone else? 1500. Okay. We're talking 7,000 promises in the word. And so how many do you think are, are related to prayer? Anyone else? Give me another number. 575, okay. It sounds like the price is right going on here. How about love? How many know love is important? Right? Love is important. Foundation of the kingdom is about love. God is love. How many scriptures do you think are in the word about love? 800,000. 2,000. 802. Okay, you're definitely getting into prices right here. How about giving? 2000, 2001, <laughs> 1100, Let, let's put, now you guys can put on the, the, the numbers here. Take a look at this, 272 in belief, over 371 in prayer, only 714 in love, but over 2100 in giving. Why is that important? Because God knew that the area that we were going to have the most difficulty was not in the area of believing, not in the area of prayer, not even in the area of love. But the, the greatest struggle in our lives was going to be in the area of giving. 
Because by nature, most of us are selfish. No, let, me, let me rephrase. Most of other people are selfish. Let me rephrase that, okay? Not you. It's the person sitting next to you. Just don't look at them. Don't tell them. Okay? See, Jesus spoke more about money than he did about heaven or hell. Because he knew the greatest struggle on earth was going to be with money. You see, generosity is love in action. Let me read to you Matthew chapter 6, verse 24. It says, how can you worship two gods at the same time? You will hate one and love the other or be devoted to one and despise the other. You can't. Everyone say can't. It's not not hard. You can't. God is saying it is impossible for you to love. To, for You cannot worship the true God while being enslaved to the God of money. Other versions put it this way. You cannot love. You cannot serve both God and money. See, God understood that the true battle for our, our, our devotion wasn't going to be between Satan and God. Because how many of you know that most of us, uh, we're, we're not serving Satan. Those of you at home know what I'm talking about. We're, we're I'm not committed to Satan. I would never commit my life to Satan and God. God, I would always choose God over evil, over Satan. But many of us have a harder time making that decision of choosing God over money. See, it's not an issue about dollars. It's an issue about devotion. Where's your heart at? And the biggest area that we have a hard time in trusting, in believing, in having faith is money. Because how am I going to pay my bills, right? Now, money's not evil. The Bible says it's the love of money that's the root of all evil, not money. Then how many know we need money? The church needs money. You need money. You need money to put gas in your car. You need money to get to, to have your rent paid or your mortgage or to, to buy food. Money's important, but God never was against us having money. He was against money having us. Oh, come on. Somebody say amen this morning. Now, he says the true battle wouldn't be to be, to be between God and and Satan, but between God and money. He uses the word mammon. Everyone say mammon. mammon. That word mammon, it was usually referred to as the demon that was in charge of wealth and greed. It was literally a God that they served. And anything that is connected, it's the opposite of God. It's something that we get enslaved to. It, we find ourselves, it, it represents wealth, prosperity, and material goods that we are so after things that we end up being more committed to things than we are to God. Now, now, now I, I, know, I know what you're saying right now. That, that's not me, Pastor. This message isn't for me. It's for someone else. Because I, I'm not in love with money. I don't have enough to get, be in love with. But I'll miss church because I have to work. Get in a couple more hours. Get, get that side job in in order to make a few, few extra dollars. It's a matter of devotion. Now, your net worth doesn't equal your self-worth. And many times we think that if I get more stuff, then I become more valuable. 
But I need you to understand, it's not how much stuff you accumulate that makes you valuable. See, we keep obtaining valuables hoping that we become valuable. But I need you to understand, Jesus didn't seek success. He just sought to be a person of value. That wherever he went, he brought value. And it wasn't because Jesus brought money. What he did is he added value to everyone that he came in contact with. See, 1 Timothy says the love of money is the first step to all kinds of trouble. And so I need you to understand, Jesus said that the only way for us to counteract greed is through generosity. The only way to kill mammon is for us to operate in generosity. And that's what I want to talk to you today. I'm not talking about you just giving money to the church. I'm not talking to you about giving money to the homeless person. I'm talking to you about living a life, living by giving, that we would literally become motivated to become people that give, that when we see a need, we fill it. When we see a hurt, we heal it. Come on, somebody. Matthew chapter 20, verse 28. We're going to read some scripture here. It says, For even the Son of Man didn't come expecting to be served by everyone, but to serve everyone. To give, everyone say give, give. his life in exchange for the salvation of many. Luke chapter 6, verse 38. Give generously, and generous gifts will be given back to you. Now, I don't give because I get, but I, you know, one of the benefits that when you give, God says, I can trust you, so now I'm going to give back to you. Because I know that if I give to you, it's not going to stop there. That when I give to you, you're going to give to others. So he says, give generously, and it will be generous gifts will be given back to you. Shaken down to make more room, abundant gifts will pour out upon you to such overflowing measure that it will run over the top. How many would just love to be blessed to the point that it's just overflowing? How, how many would love to tell God, God, stop. I, I don't have any more room for any more money that you're sending me. Anyone ever experienced that? God, I have too much money. You know, I got, I've, I've had too much month than I've had money, but I've never had too much money than I've had month. But I need you to understand, God said as we give, that it will be given back to us. He says the measurement, listen carefully, if you want more, give more. Amen. Why? Because he says in Luke chapter 6, verse 38, the end, your measurement of generosity becomes the measurement of return. Amen. So when I give to others a teaspoon... What measurement's going to be used to give back to me? I want God to bless me. I want to, I want to be a blessing as well. And so I, I want to use the wheelbarrow. I want to use the dump truck. I want to give the most I can, the best I can when I give to God. I don't want to give God leftovers. God is a giver. And as God, we, are, we have been created in the image of God. And so if God is a giver, we have in our DNA to be givers as well. And I don't know about you. I never feel better than when I give. Whether it's to my kids or whether it's to others or even uh, even yesterday when the, the lady that was doing the characters, the, 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 the cartoons at, at my, my uh, grandson's party. You know what? I asked her, I was just talking to her. I said, how many gigs do you do? She goes, you know, pre-COVID, I was doing about 30 events a, a year. She goes, but right now I'm down to maybe six because of COVID. COVID's really affected my business. And I just really felt moved in my heart for her. So at the end, when it came time to pay her, 
I, I, I handed her a, a, an extra hundred. And she, she looked at me and she goes, what, you, you overpaid me. I said, I, I know, the, 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 the rest is a tip. And she just started crying. And she goes, I know we're in the middle of COVID, but can I hug you? I said, if you draw me another picture. <laughs> and she was so moved by that $100 bill. Because of what she was, you never know what you're giving, can impact, how it can impact someone else. And it's not always about money. Some people just need an ear. Some people just need a smile. Someone just needs a pat on the back. Someone just needs your time. Because the most expensive thing you can give to anyone is your time. I can make more money, but I can't make more time. See, God is a giver. Get to God, giving is an act of love. God gave out of love and God gave his best. Listen carefully. We're going to close in a moment. Stay with me as we get ready. God gave his best so that whosoever believes in him shall not perish, but have everlasting life. Why did God give? So that we could live, so that we could have life. And that's why we give, so others could live as well. And so we need to walk in the aspect of generosity. And what I love about this, this isn't even in our notes, but I need you to understand God knows what you give. Amen. Let, let me try this side again, okay? God knows what you give. Amen. Man, this side is a spiritual side this morning. We're just finding that y'all need to step up your game on this side. I don't know if it's the same way at home as well. Those sitting on the right side of the living room are, are having trouble. But I want you to understand something. When Jesus watches people going up and putting their money into the temple treasury, there's a little old lady that comes up, a widow, that drops two pennies in it. And he stops the procession and says, this woman has given more than anyone else has given out of their abundance. There were people that were dropping dimes in that. They were dropping thousands. They were dropping gold. They were dropping silver. But this little old lady drops two coins in the offering. Why? Because God doesn't judge us based on what we give. He judges us based on what we give and what we have left over after we give. Some of, you, some of you can drop 10000 and not feel it. But some of you give $2 and you feel it when you give it. And God says he judges our giving based on what we have left over. That's sacrifice. Let, let me share three things with you as we close this morning. You see, we express our love for God when we give like God. So I want you to see this. Malachi chapter 3 verse 10. So worship team, if you would come, come help me this morning. It says, bring all the tithe into the storehouse so there'll be enough food in my temple. What, what food? The, the word you hear every Sunday morning, Wednesday night, Tuesday night in Bible college, that's the meat that you come to eat every Sunday. Now, now how many of you would go eat at IHOP but then try to pay at Denny's? Do you think I, the, the waitress at IHOP would let you leave and go pay at Denny's? But how many of us come to church week after week and we take part in a service where you are being fed? And I believe being fed good when you come to church. 
but you dine and dash. You don't contribute. The body of Christ should be contributors, not just consumers. You, you don't just come and eat and then walk. You don't just go into a restaurant, eat and walk out. But there's someone paying for the lights here. There's someone paying for the electricity here. There's someone that's paying for the building here. There's someone that's paying for the insurance and for all the upkeep. It takes money to make things work. And yet we don't contribute. Especially during the season of COVID. When COVID first hit, we dropped about 60% in our income. I didn't know how we were going to make it, to be honest with you. But I made a commitment we weren't going to lay anyone off. And we were going to continue to move forward. And during that, we had, we had to recreate how we did ministry. And yet God showed up. That first year of COVID became one of our strongest years financially that we've ever had. We saw people buying houses in the middle of COVID. We saw people getting increase in the middle of COVID. We saw people getting blessed in the middle of COVID. Why? Because they knew how to give. What am I telling you today? I'm not telling you to give because we need your money. Listen, you need to give more than we need to receive right now. Why? Because when you give, it opens up the windows of heaven and God says, test me in this. Test me in this and see if I won't blow open the windows of heaven and pour out a blessing that you don't even have room for. I've learned that I can't outgive God. I've learned that in the area that, that's the hardest for many of us right now. You know what? Let, let me ask you this. How can you trust God that when you die, you're going to heaven? But you can't trust God with the $20 in your wallet. You know, I, I can't give because I got to pay my PG&E. That's where faith steps in. I'm not saying you, you, you give recklessly, but I'm saying that's where you start inviting God to be part of the process. That's where growth, maturity steps in. We just want to receive from God. How about becoming a blessing instead of wanting to be blessed? I'm going to have you stand to your feet with me this morning. Stinginess, listen carefully. Stinginess is really unbelief. Only in giving does God say, test me. Nowhere else does he say, test me. Only here does he say, test me. God wants us to give as a priority first. Before we pay anything else as a priority, first fruits. Give them the best. If I were to offer you a drink of my water, do you want the first drink or the last drink? Are you sure? I'm pretty sure I'm over COVID, I think. So would you want the first drink or the last drink? Yet how can we always give God the leftovers when it comes to money or time or talent? We give God what's left over, whatever. We give our jobs our best and give God our leftovers. 
God wants us to give not just priority first, but he wants us to give percentage, tithe, 10%. But he also wants to get us to give progressively. If you're still giving the same amount when you first got saved and your giving hasn't grown, then there's an issue as well. Because giving should grow as well. Now listen, if this morning, listen very careful to me. You should never give out of obligation. You should never be manipulated into giving. And I see some of you right now, your head's going down because you know you haven't given in a minute. You're still welcome here. If you never paid a dime, these doors are still open to you. You, you never contributed. This, this church is still open to you. But what I'm inviting you to do is experience the goodness of God. I'm inviting you to experience God's provision in your life. I'm inviting you to experience what I and my family have experienced. I remember when we first started in ministry, I was only getting paid 300 a month. And I remember I, I'm trying to provide for my family. And we, we were just talking this morning about money. How hard it is in ministry to know you're called to something and trying to make ends meet in that process. My wife and I just got married. We moved into the parsonage next to the church. It was a three bedroom, one bath home, but only one bedroom was livable. The back two rooms were rat infested, mice infested, rat infested. That when we would put things in the back room, we couldn't find my wife's dresses because they kept getting sucked up into the wall. But I was called to ministry and that was the only place we could live and I could be in ministry. I remember we sat down and we had just gotten married. We had China, Danny. Because back then you picked out your China patterns and all that stuff. I don't know if they do that anymore. We picked out our China and we had China. We had four place settings. And I felt like such a dirt bag because I couldn't provide for my wife and my kids. Just me and my wife at the time. Went through the cabinets trying to figure out what we had to eat. I found a couple strands of spaghetti and a can of tomato sauce. So what did I do? I worked up some spaghetti. But we only got four noodles each. So I made an S in the plate and put a drop of sauce on the top and the drop of sauce and made it look like you went to a high-class restaurant. We thank God for our food and we just sat there cutting and eating our little strips. We were cracking up, acting like we were at some kind of five-star restaurant. But in my heart, I was brokenhearted because I couldn't provide for my family. Felt like a dirt bag. At that time, I was working four jobs, and those four jobs weren't making what my wife was making in her one. Now, I remember washing the plates and putting them away after we got done, and in my mind, I'm just thinking, God, I don't want to ask anyone for help. But Lord, I know you called me to ministry. I know you have a call on my life. And I know what we're going through right now isn't your will, but I also know it's part of the process. 
that are building our faith right now. We're trusting you in this moment. We put the plates away. We sat down and I try to have a smile on my face as I sat with my bride. And as we're sitting there, we sit down on the couch and we didn't have cable because we didn't have no money. We had a television sitting there with nothing on it. And as soon as we sat down, a knock came on the door. Got up and I opened the door and there's this man standing there. Pastor Nick's Uncle Mickey. And he's standing there with two bags of groceries. He says, hey, bro. Just came to drop off some food. And I just started bawling. Just started crying. And he looks at me and goes, dang, bro, it's just chicken. What are you crying about? I said, Mickey, you don't understand what we're going through right now. He goes, all I know is God told me to bring this to you. It was at that moment I realized that I would never go without as long as God is my father. That I would never find myself lacking if God was my father. That all my needs he knew even before I ever had to pray. Before I even had to make mention of it, God knew what my need was. God knew what the situation was. And I'm here to tell you that if you would put God first, that God will always remember you in your circumstance, in your situations, that you have a right to call to God and say, God, listen, I have room right now. I have room for blessing. I got room for shaking. I got room for pressing down. When you give, by giving, you get to experience God in a way that you've never experienced it before. I'm going to have you bow your heads right now. Close your eyes for a moment. I went longer than I was supposed to. Heads bowed and eyes closed right now. You're here and maybe you don't know Christ as your Lord and Savior. Before we take communion, I want you first to know a God that loves you so radically so audaciously that he sent his only begotten son to earth to die and pay a price that he did not owe because he loved us. With heads bowed and eyes closed, you're here right now and you would say, Pastor Dan, I'm not talking about going to church. Going to church doesn't make you a Christian. Just like going into your garage make you a car, going to McDonald's make you a hamburger, or going to a donut shop make you a cop. Going. Some of you get that on the way home. <laughs> Going to church doesn't make you a Christian. It's your relationship with God. And if you feel distant, even in our giving, I feel closer to God. You're here right now and you just want to experience God, not just a savior, but provider as well. That's you. On the count of three, I'm going to ask you to lift your hand in the air. Ready? One. The Bible says it's appointed for man to die once, then comes judgment. Two, search your heart right now. As I say this final number, left to right, front to back, man, woman, and child. 
If you're here right now and you want to commit your life to Jesus, just lift your hand in the air. Ready? One, two, three. Lift your hand right now. God bless you. Yes. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. Over here on the side. God bless you. There in the back as well. God bless you. You can put your hands down for a second. I want you all just to say this prayer with me. Join those that lifted their hands and saying, Heavenly Father, I come to you now the way that I am with my sin and with my shortcomings. But I believe in my failure, you are strong. And I confess that I'm a sinner in need of a savior. I believe that Jesus died on the cross, rose again on the third day because he loved me to take my sin away so that I can have a relationship with the Father. I receive Christ today as Lord and Savior. Change me. Make me new. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Come on, give God a shout of praise this morning. For those of you that just said that prayer, you can take communion with us now. Most important thing. The Bible says, as often as you do this, do this in remembrance of me, which means you don't have to only do it in church. You're at home and all you have is Pepsi and peanuts. You could have communion right there in that moment. The Bible says, as often as you do this, do this in remembrance. Do look back at what I did for you on the cross and then look forward to what I'm going to do when I come back for you again. So by faith, we take it in gratitude for what he did in the past, but then also in anticipation that he's coming in the future. As you take the bread, take the bread in faith and thank God for your salvation and that he's coming again. Take the bread right now. Thank you, Jesus. And just for a moment, just, just thank him. Lord, we thank you, my God, for your sacrifice. We thank you, Jesus. We love you, my God. We so appreciate, Lord, your love for us. Thank you, Father God, that for God so loved the world that you gave. And if I'm your son, let me be like my father. And let me be a giver as well. In Jesus' name. Let's take the cup now. If you would take the cup. The Bible says, this is the new covenant in my blood. As a little kid, I used to get scared when they took communion because they talked about drinking the blood of Jesus. I thought, how nasty is that? That's scary. But when you understand the significance that it's the blood of Jesus that washes away our sin, one drop cleanses us from all sin. There's nothing you can do. My, my greatest day, my greatest sinless day is still as filthy rags before God. It's only his blood that makes me clean. Listen, you can't do it alone. You're not good enough. And I'm not capping on you. I'm not good enough. It's only his blood. And so it's all about grace. As you take the cup this morning, take the pressure off yourself and recognize he did it all. Take the cup this morning. Mm, thank you, Jesus. Father, I thank you this morning. Lord, as we, we close this morning, we do so in anticipation. Lord, if we haven't given up to this point, let us become givers. If we see someone hurting on the side of the road, let us give. Even if it's not money, let us give our time. Let us give a prayer. Let us give hope. 
Lord God, let us become givers. Let us find out, my God, that we could experience your presence when we learn to give. And Lord, I pray this morning that we wouldn't give out of our ability to give, but that we would give out of our ability to trust that when I give, that Lord, you'll supply all my needs according to your glorious riches through Christ Jesus. When I put you first, Lord, you put me first. And I do that by faith today in Jesus' name. Everyone says, amen, amen. For those of you at home, thank you for joining us. Remember, love God, love people, and let's change the world. God bless you this morning. Thank you for downloading this message. For more information on our church, visit us at cwcbayarea.com. You can also follow us on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash cwcbayarea.com.